Welcome to the Fatty Z Musky Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Vance in the Fatty Z Musky Podcast studio, and he is facing directly into the mug of Ranger, <laughs> who has a raptor in his mouth. Indeed. This thing was probably, I don't know if you know the history of it, this fish was caught in 1812. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it. That's not true. <laughs> Shriveled up old musky head. Yeah. How do you know that's not true? It wouldn't be around. It'd be a... It should be like an old cigar sticking out of that thing's mouth. Mm-hmm. It, it literally yes. looks like it's seen either like 50 years of cigarette smoke in a bar yeah. or it was in a barber shop. It is black and gold. <laughs> that's more than 50. Yeah, that thing's old. It's old. Okay. I lied. It was 1897. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Anyways, um, back on track. Um we also have Todd Young. He's on the phone, and we are brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products. Check us out, fattyzmusky.com, Facebook, Instagram. We have a complete line of rod holders. We're constantly looking to ways to improve your trolling experience through the rod holders. And if you don't understand the difference, please get in touch with us, as we'll explain. I have many videos talking about that on the Facebook page. And uh, I'd love to show you the difference and why it would make your fishing more efficient should you troll part-time or full-time. Um, reach out to us, and I can show you the difference. So, you used to hate that word, efficient. I don't hate the word. I just don't like how you take it and be like, there's fish and efficiency. Efficient. Whatever. It works. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but I'm just like... I, it's cringeworthy. The days are long, Andy. Out on the water, you wouldn't understand. I know I wouldn't understand. I just don't get it. <laughs> I, I I'll never understand your world. I feel like I, I'm like a you know a nice like easygoing guy you know can conversate, and you would be somebody like uh, you know like maybe I'm like a Mike Tomlin guy. Okay. And then you're like a, a Bilichek guy who's just like yep. very blunt, and people would be definitely like, definitely a you know Bilichek what? guy. I, I don't know how to take this guy right now. Yeah, except then you just go look in his trophy case and you see all them just like, yeah, he might know how to get things done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would that's more than in more than one way you've referenced me being a Bill Belichick. So, it's the sweatshirt. I I I can't I can't not agree with that it's because I do look like him <laughs> with it. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Okay, I lost where I was at. Oh yeah, cheater, oh, cheater. <laughs> hey, if you if you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, whatever it takes. <laughs> so, uh, okay, check out Team Rhino. They just got a whole bunch of Raptors in, and they have substantially more than what I have in stock. Should you be looking for a nice, nearly neutral, buoyant jerkbait? It's, it's way more than substantially. It's like exponentially more. Oh my gosh, it's logarithmic. I'm liking yeah. all these words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it is stupid how many more baits they have of mine. Yeah. That's where you need to get one right now. Yes, that and GT Rod and Reel. I don't even know if he has his up on his site yet. But he's been saying he would, but I know that he has some. He has to have some left over. He has a bunch. Um, other than that, that's, uh, I mean, you can always shoot me an email to see. But anyways, enough enough about me. Let's talk about 
something else. You know, like everybody, unless you own your own business, has a boss. Just like everybody should have a boss, Shad. There you go. Vance is sitting there. I, I have to top his corniness with his this sufficiency. So yeah. <laughs> I like it. I get, I get, uh, I, I get messed on for saying efficiency and you do this. I did this to top you. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent work. You got to put work. a bot. You got to put a boss in there. You have to. And you know, the muskies, they like to eat shads. Yep. There it is. When I'm fishing, I always keep a boss in, in the mix. Mm-hmm. When I troll, I do. Yeah, I mean that that I'm, doesn't I'm carry trying. much weight other than the fact that I'm talking into a microphone about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Vance, are you just gonna sit there with that smug smile on your face about my idiotic? <laughs> I'm just trying to get through it, you know. Well, how about you do a little talking on boss sheds? And we've casted boss sheds too. Todd did. Yeah, yeah. I've caught one. Mm -hmm. We caught them on casting the bosses. Yeah. Boss shed. quick. Yeah. Bossshed.com. Check it out. New website's up and running. Very efficient website uh, if you want to order. Is there anything inside efficient you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. I want to talk about Mark's Bait, Tackle, and Ammo. They have a brick-and-mortar store. They also have an online store uh, and a Facebook page. And Check them out for all your Boss Shad needs. You can also get a hold of us for Boss Shads. We have the Mud Puppy color, and then we have some standard colors in stock still. The staples of Vance and Todd's trolling, and we have a couple um, exclusive show colors that we were able to snag up at the end of the Musky Max. There's a few left, maybe four. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see photos, just go ahead, message us. Please email us. The messenger's still a pain. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get through this together, but uh, besides that, you can also if you're driving through Ravenna, Ohio, check out Mark's Bay Tackling Ammo. Thanks, Paul at Boss Shad, big supporter. Please check them out. Give them a fair shake, along with Saint Croix rods. You know what? What good is a bait without a fishing rod? You know, mm -hmm. yeah, you can't do much with it. No, though I I, I think everyone when they was younger had tried to make their own kind of fishing fishing rod. And stuff. I remember catching bluegills with just like string. You tie a hook yeah. onto it and just you hand line them. Oh yeah, it's gonna be hard to troll boss at five with that. You just tie it on the rig. boat cleat <laughs> with, with your rig, there, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I guess I'll be the punching bag today, guys. Lay it on me. <laughs> I think there is a broom in that in that boat right now. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a rake. Yeah, half of my boat's in there right now, too. All the stuff I don't need for the tournament. Half of your boat would fill my boat up mm -hmm. twice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it looks pretty messy out there. I, I, I did make it a mess. There's a ton of stuff in there, which I'm sorry about. That's all right. I mean, you're just storing it here for free. I don't expect anything more. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, Todd, let's talk about yours and Vance's boat guiding. Yes, Vance and I will be fishing on Chautauqua Lake from opener, which is the last Saturday in May, May 27th this year. We're fishing there till oh, mid-November. June, June is pretty filled up for me. Vance still has some openings. Not a lot, but uh, summer's filling up. We're, we're going to fill up. Uh, but please give us a call. 
we'd like to get you in on some of those dates to get you out there and catch you some fish. Got some stuff going on here in Pennsylvania, and uh, but that's only until that opener. Then I'm out of here. So and those days are dwindling because those days are dwindling. You're going to yeah. be going tournament here very very soon. Yeah. And yeah. then that's going to take us into Mayish, and then it's yes. a couple weeks. It's and it's done. Yep, it's it's and coming I, quick. I really have to pick my days there because I really enjoy that spring turkeys turkey hunting season that comes up, and I can't miss out on that. So you've missed but a few it, days. Yeah. That's my time. Yeah, that's my you're time. five minutes. Just yeah. walking far <laughs> enough off away from the truck to get a shell in. That's my no. That's my time. You can get two turkeys now. So. You can get I mean, two now. Do it twice. Oh. Yeah. yeah, but you can shoot once and knock two down. You really could. You can't do that. Yeah. You've Not legally. Dri- you've been driving. I don't by do him. that. No, I don't do that. That's no. my favorite time of the year. That's what I enjoy. So that's what I'm looking forward to. That's my time. Then we're going to start musky fishing with everybody's time. Mm-hmm. It's good. All good. Perfect. Can't wait. Get a hold of Zach Baker uh, for the Chautauqua Lake Showdown on June 10th, uh, hosted by Zach and Muskies, Inc., New York Chapter 69. It is $35 uh, a person for non-members if you want to get in on that tournament, uh, $25 for active members. Six rods total, uh, your three best fish in inches, uh, will win you the tournament uh five dollar big fish pot if you want to get involved with that and uh yeah check it out it's going to be a good tournament get a hold of zach and i'm going to try and do it we'll see what happens i need a partner andy still open i'm gonna tell you this if i fish it i'm gonna win it with 165 inches 165 inches so that oh gosh (laughs) i'm averaging a 55 yeah so we all double nickels so it's not gonna happen is what Andy's saying. Oh, ye of little faith. Yeah. Okay. Well, get a hold of Zach. Sign up. It's going to be a fun tournament. Chautauqua Lake never disappoints on those. Well, you're making, I mean, you're predicting weather. What happens if there's like water spouts? That, ha- that has happened to them before, which is really, I, I feel bad. They tried <laughs> to do something in the fall. I think they still did that tournament. It was just like a mess. They might have not done they canceled one. Yeah. They canceled one. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was just a crazy day mm-hmm. on the water. But yeah, that's the dates. If there's any, I mean, as we approach, you know, we can give updates on making sure everything's solid. But that's the information we have right now. So that leads us to Vance's power ranking. Yeah, the power rankings. Uh, we've been doing it since the turn of the year. Fun little segment. If you want to get involved. Uh, and spark up some conversation. Here's something we talk about. Send in your submissions, um, and we'll get you in on this segment. Coming in at number four on this week's podcast power ranking is Todd. Take it away. Yeah, the old faithful lore. You know, you got this old lore sitting around. Maybe not everybody can relate to that, but, you know, I've had a lure hanging in a musky mouth's mouth for like six, eight years and decided it's time to break it out. I'll, I'll, I'll get it back out. Maybe it's a beat-up old jerk bait. Maybe it's a beat-up old crankbait. But uh, grabbing this old faithful lure you had hanging there that you thought you retired, 
bringing it back out, putting it, putting it into the mix, and uh, getting the fish on that lure. I'm nervous. I, I have I have a bait that I retired. I have a feeling that if I take it out, I will be very disappointed in it. <laughs> so it's going to stay in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it. But I thought you were really talking about the other world famous bait you have, which is the dog bone. Well, that's never been retired. I mean, that's bringing out an old faithful bait. Yeah, bringing out a bait like that is. So you're you're talking about a retired a bait. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like a retired bait, something like, something like it was hanging around for a while. Those ones are great too. They always spark up great stories. If you're in a game room and whatnot, like you point at a lure hanging from a fish or just hanging up anywhere, usually that fisherman has has a reason it's up there and can tell you a fishing mm-hmm. story about what happened with that bait. We pull. I pulled one out of the mouth of a mouth that my dad had uh years ago and uh i mean going back to like 97 so 20 years ago not really that long ago but 97 is 20 years ago wow yeah it's 20 years ago so you know pulled it pulled it back out and was like how come we don't take that anymore let's take it you know take it take catch a fish and then it just went back into retirement (laughs) you know we just said it there we just wanted to do something different but something as time goes on guys will get to see that some guys probably already do it. Some guys probably have no baits that are retired yet. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you pull out those old lures. It's like, what am I? I can't believe we used to fish this way. Mm-hmm. Those little MEP spinners and stuff like that. All, all those little vamps and, and whatnot that I see. Oh, hanging. yeah. They're just crazy looking. You know, I, some of the baits that I, that I would like to retire... I just can't because they're not around anymore. But the ones that I do are the are the 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 ones where the wicks went out when I threw them in the water. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to be careful because they still might have a little bit of little bit of spark to them. Yeah, I lost the bow of a boat one time. No, you didn't. <laughs> Vance looked at me like I was serious. <laughs> no, you didn't. Did you really use no? I've never. Out on the water? I never have done that. Oh my god! I never even taken like I've never taken anything like that out on the water i have taken guns out mm. and i could tell you a really good story <laughs> about just young kids uh, playing with guns yeah on well, the water well, great <laughs> it's a great story let's hold that let's, yeah. let's not talk about that so coming in at three is guns on the water andy take it away no. okay so the biggest thing is you got to make sure you don't point it at someone or the bottom of the boat. Because if you're out there and all you got is oars, you better know how to swim or paddle fast. That's terrible. Okay. Number three was, it's it's similar to Todd's, but it's, I, I think it's different enough. The the bait that you have, and, and I'm, I'm thinking more casting. The bait that you have so much confidence in, you don't care what happens on the water. It is staying on your rod all day long. And to me, that I I, I don't wanna I don't wanna paint this this way, but when I first started, I'm gonna speak from my experience, no one else's. It was five minutes or five casts, it was change the bait. And it took me a long time to be like, yeah, I'm going to fish this one all day. 
I don't care what happens. You could catch 100 back there, and I could not see a single one. My game plan is to run this one all day long. And it doesn't even have to be a proven fish catcher. And and I just thinking, you know, I looked in the closet and I saw that Lemonhead Senior sitting there. And it brought the memory of that Lemonhead Raptor that I have that I've used once. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I could see myself fishing this all day and being like, yeah, I don't feel that I missed out on anything. I don't think that I could have caught more fish or had a better day on anything else. I'm content with that. And I guess being at that level, it could, I mean, it could just be pure stupidity on my part. But to me, it gives me a warm, fuzzy feeling of being like, yep, I'm satisfied enough with this that mm. I can stick with it. Yeah. Yep. Changing the bait, you miss a cast. That's true. Yep. Casting's different. I mean, trolling, you could put out so many. You know, at least where we're where we're fishing, you know, we could put out three a man, so you can kind of experience, you know, experiment there. But when it's casting, I I, I rarely change. You know, maybe color. Yeah, it's that. a very rare thing to see Vance not throwing a mud puppy raptor. I would tell you that. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> or orange death. Orange death. I love yeah. that color. Yeah. yeah, those natural colors. I, I'm a sucker for them. But uh oh. <laughs> It was terrible. That was. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I barely change out there. Yeah, I don't either. But it's working. I mean, know? like... It, it, I mean, if, it, if it's tough when it when it's not working, you know, but I'm still confident in that base. You have that, that confidence. Feeling, you know. Yes, you have that confidence, like, so this isn't working, so it doesn't matter. Nothing else is going to be working right now either. If, if, if any of them is going to pull it out. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be this one. And you know, I, I have the same. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna put the number a half a dozen, but I could really just narrow it down to four. I pull four out of the box in the morning. I throw them in the same spot. Anybody that's fishing with me knows where that spot is. Is right that little nook right in front of my console. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where. It's your baits. Those are my baits, and it, something really bad has to happen for me to deviate from those four i already know what they are before i even get to the lake mm-hmm. it's the same four i've been running for years yeah and you don't even care if they got hooks on no you don't need those <laughs> you, you can you can cut those off oh, man. just keep fishing it I, okay i'm so confident in these i will take the hooks off <laughs> i will open up the screw eyes and i will still catch fish yeah. just off the screw eye hooks <laughs> it's got to be through wire well no I, I i'll sharpen that that screw eye Mm-hmm. I'll have the world's teeny tiniest <laughs> little hook. You need them. You cut all your barbs off and still use them. I'll cut that bait in half and I'll show you how to catch a fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Coming coming in at two uh, is going to be mine, and it's the ability to walk up to the gunnel in the boat or in the transom. Uh, the ability to be able to not have to reach over anything to fight a fish or change a lure or avoid some type of disaster. Uh, that ability to just be able to walk right up to it, stay upright. Are you talking about freedom? Yeah. Red, white, and blue? Like, for example, my boat, I have to reach over some storage compartments, maybe a depth finder. Uh, when I go into uh, Todd's boat uh, and... I'm able to walk up to that gunnel. It 
feels like there's so much extra boat there. And I'm just like, how, how am I standing right now and doing this? This is extremely comfortable. So the comfortability factor mm-hmm. of a well-laid-out boat. Yeah, being able to walk up to that gunnel. And, like, if you're fighting walleyes on, like, Lake Erie, you know how you're able to walk up to the back of the boat. You That's know, huge. Yeah, it's such a nice... <clears throat> It, it, it really comes down to there is no perfect boat. No. Troll and cast and totally different. You know, the two boats Vance just described, his boat, my boat. I mean, they both work great. It is nicer casting out of Vance's boat. It is nicer trolling out of my boat. Mm-hmm. No question. Two boats, similar size, but there's no perfect one. Mm-hmm. So, but... When you're fishing out of the style boat that lends well to the style of fishing you're doing that day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it makes life that much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And then uh, coming in at one, this is a submission from Les. Uh, it is the justified fishing purchase. I will go out and... and <clears throat> kind of crack this nut open a little bit further you go and i'm sure most people they probably spend between five and ten dollars a year on fishing equipment (laughs) so if you're listening to this podcast you probably spend a little bit more maybe add two zeros to the back of that or three Mm -hmm. and uh there's a to me there's very few things that actually will jump out and say this was completely justified and some of the things that you feel are justified really did not merit justification but the few times that you're like this was completely worth it for this that's a good feeling when you're like without a doubt this was a smart buy because realistically you can look at i mean look look all the way around like in, in in the room you're sitting in the in the truck you're driving in at your cubicle, wherever you're at listening to this, you could probably go without a lot of that stuff around you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there are a few things that are justified. And, you know, I guess for me, one of mine was when I got my tranks. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a specific, you know, I wanted the fastest reel possible in terms of, you know, inches per turn. I got it. And the first couple times I used it, I said, this is for me. This this was an expensive used purchase. But what it did, yeah, I had more weight in my left arm. My right arm was working substantially less. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was justified. And I haven't wavered from that. I have yeah. smaller Lexas that are just as fast. I had other Shimano's and this and that. I still grab that reel. Mm-hmm. To me, that was that was one of those justified purchases. I think this this uh, this came in before less this even happened to less, but I saw a uh, thing on a post that he uh, hung up a baker because he had a picture of a lure retriever that he bought. Frank Alcorn's uh, toothy toothy musky toothy toothy musky something like that, <laughs> and you know it's it saved the. It saved the day. Yeah. So you save a you save a sixty dollar bait with a twenty dollar lure retriever. Guess what? He already justified the purchase. Mm-hmm. I also saw he put up another. I mean, he has he he proved it twice. 
he I think he had a post that he said he had a five dollar rod leash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he had a mishap with a rod holder, and it saved a combo. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I have yet to lose a combo trolling. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Obviously, it does there. I don't have rod leashes. If I dropped a combo in the water, I'd feel a little bit sad. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, to him that. Yep. I mean, I don't know. You could go up to Walmart and get a dog leash, and you could probably fashion it to your boat somehow. And if you have very quest- easily, if you have questionable rod holders, I would say I'd go that route. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have questionable rod holders, then it's up to you. I mean, it's anything's a gamble, but in yep. Les's circumstance, that was justifiable. Mm-hmm. Justifiable by all means. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Vance, what did you have that? Oh, there's a couple things, you know. The boat being one. You know, the storage, the reason that I upgraded the boat was, you know, to keep it clean and keep everything in storage and lockable storage and whatnot. That I love that aspect of it now with me fishing so much. Uh, I think it was justifiable every time I get, get in it. Now, the motor's a different story, but we won't get into that. I almost want to say that motor's a double-edged sword because... I have never been on a boat with a motor that trolls so nice. Mm-hmm. It does. It is ridiculous it how nice that motor trolls. Yeah. But it, it is nice. Yeah. I love the, the just the justified fishing purchase. Either whether it's a lure or something and you catch a big fish on it and you're just like, all right. And, and there's I guess different degrees of justification if we want to take this even one step further. How could you if it's if it's actually truly justified, then maybe a significant other who was not impressed with the initial purchase, <laughs> if it turns them to say, wow, that was really good, mm. then you know you got a winner. Mm. <laughs> because, you know, I got all that side imaging on my boat. I love it. I have like a fake justification. Do I need it? No. I'll come out and admit it. I don't need it. Mm. I enjoyed tinkering <laughs> with it. But I did find a boat on the bottom of a lake once mm-hmm. uh, you can see i saw it mm-hmm. it was a rowboat it had three bench seats i saw it all mm-hmm. and i'm like that's really cool it's not the price tag cool <laughs> but it was still really cool yeah it was really cool when todd and i were pre-fishing down at cave run 2013 yeah 2013 20, one of those years 2013 13, or 14, 14 one of those two and we were picking up like boat anchors and stuff like that yeah and yeah. all those schools of fish off to the side and the, you know the suckers bait. or something yeah and yeah. we it, it was cool but the, the the coolness i don't think really justifies but to me it, it adds another layer to it but then again it could also just be the false justification mm-hmm. but so i guess those are like some of the levels you can fill in you know anything in between on that mm-hmm. So that's this week's podcast power rankings. If you want to get involved, send in your submission, comment on a post, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Four, the old faithful lore. Three, the confidence in the lore to keep it on all day. Two, uh, walking up to the gunnel, the ability to do that. Uh, And one, the justified fishing purchase. Thank you, Les. All right. We are going to be doing another controversial topics. And I guess this one isn't so much controversial in, in the in like the musky community, but I guess if you take one step or two step back out of the community and just look at the fishing, it, it can be. 
um, more or less it's going to be a discussion. And this was uh, listener submitted, and uh, it was talking about leaders. Now, we're going to talk about the whole scope of leaders and how we feel about them and you know, I guess uh, start off now, Todd. Let, let's go back in history. Mm-hmm. When you started fishing, mm-hmm. were there leaders? Yeah, I mean, we always had leaders. But I'll be honest, when we when we when I was first fishing with my grandpa and stuff, we were but we were using the you know wire leaders you bought from the local bait shop. Little, I mean, I think they're rated for like thirty pounds. Are they eagle claws? Yeah, Eagle Claws, Berkeley, I don't know what they are, but they're just the regular old leaders because it was wire. That's that's what we were using. Uh, we were using a lot lighter equipment, but, I mean, you always had some type of wire on there. That's what we did. You know, I wasn't making my own back then in the day or anything. And, uh, yeah, they were just the what, whatever type of leader you could get a hold of. And uh, that was our weakest link. <laughs> was the leader was the leader mm-hmm. yeah yep even though it, it was just because we wanted that wire because you're afraid they're going to bite through the line or something and uh i hate it when they like bite down and then they start grinding their bottom jaw on the top <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, like, yeah i'm gonna yeah. get through this like it's like side a, to side a, a really tough piece of meat mm-hmm. mm. even if you know, fishing for walleyes and whatnot. I always direct tied. Leaders, you know, with my uncle and stuff, they were a no-no. Those fish see that. They can see that, yeah. Not good. I want to take it. Let, let, let's go a little bit with that that direction. I kind of had a plan, but let's just kind of let this flow. What does the fish think when it does see the leader? Well. I know you're not a fish, but. Yeah. Well, I guess let, let's let's. Break down the psyche here of a walleye, muskie, a pike, a bass. Don't they see a lot of? I'm gonna I'm gonna call it vertical, but it's not always vertical lines with the way the the, the vegetation grows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a lot of crazy things that live in the water. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if I've said this. I do not want to ever scuba dive or snorkel in freshwater. <laughs> to me, it is just a scary place. Because you can't see in front of you, so, yeah. and and obviously you can only go from like your only real perspective is through your own experiences. If you can't see in front of you, I'm like, how can a fish see in front of it? Mm-hmm. Let alone see something that could, you know, if we're talking like a mono or fluorocarbon, something that's essentially clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are they? What are they looking for? They're like, oh, I see that knot. You're not tricking me today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How come? How come fish always talk in English too? Yeah. I do. <laughs> I yeah. <laughs> it, it comes back to our podcast there not long ago about the muskies, uh, speed. Can we outrun them? No. Can we do this? No. You know, how are they striking? I don't think. I, I mean, I, I don't think a muskie, any muskie, is turning off of your bait because of what leader you have on there. They're so keyed onto what they want to key on. If they want it, they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care if it's wire, single strand, seven strand, fluorocarbon. I just don't think at any point 
look at the colors they're grabbing. Look at the baits they're grabbing. <laughs> I don't think at any point they're 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 checking it out, saying I'm turning away from this. That and you're gonna have people saying that's not true, but it's my feeling. I guess if if you were like down in the ocean where it's crystal clear water, mm-hmm. and, and you can put on a snorkel mask and see a great distance in front of you, there might be something there. Maybe. There yeah. might be. But then mm-hmm. again, there might not be. Yeah. yeah. But in fresh water... A lot, of times, it, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of times you see people, you know, using a fluorocarbon leader and monolinus, and they're using a spoon. <laughs> a spoon. Big metal thing. It's a hunk of metal that's spinning around. Yeah. So he was fooled enough to hit that. Or a worm harness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a big weight in front of it. A worm with weights and spinners in front of it, and they're going to grab that worm. Swimming uh, at two miles an hour, 30 feet <laughs> yeah, down over 60 feet of water. It's impossible. I've never seen worms no. swimming yeah. in the column. Or a big a big yeah. metal bucktail. Yeah. And the walleyes that are the you know persnickety fish, you can kill them on worm harnesses trolling, as Andy just said, 30 feet down over 60 feet of water. Mm-hmm. That's not their main... That's not what they're feeding on there. They're not suspended 30 feet over 60 eating worms. They're eating minnows and other fish, but they will grab your worm Mm -hmm. with a blade in front of it with orange and pink beads. I I guess even the persnickety fish isn't picking this up, right? Right. I I guess let's continue on the walleye thing because I think everyone will agree that walleyes tend to be more finicky. Mm-hmm. What happens with that worm harness that is, let's just say, five feet behind a number zero dipsy? Yeah. Yeah. This big yes. disc ripping through. The- <laughs> or a giant bottom bouncer. That's right. Yeah. You know, the- or, or right behind your downrigger. Mm-hmm. There's an eight-pound ball just went past its head. <laughs> big, giant <laughs> stone yeah. tied onto a steel cable that's going. Yeah. yeah. And they grab it right behind there. Are they afraid? You know? The tie point in all these species is is crazy, you know, like it going back to like trout in the streams and stuff when I first started fishing, you know, like the uh the little like snap swivel thing. Mhm. That had to be a certain color. If it was gold, yeah. no good, you know. But if it was black. If it was black that that's good. Okay. Black was good. Gold, silver, stuff like that, too much. It scares the fish. Too shiny, mm-hmm. yeah. Hooks. And now, stuff. you're talking about these stalked trout that mm-hmm. will literally, you, you throw a stick in the water, they'll yeah. start nipping it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> stuff like that. That little snap swivel had to be black, or it had to not be there. Or it had to be so small because the fish would see it. And it's the same thing with, like, the flora. And, you know, the seven strand or the wire. Okay, so to me, I guess let's, let's, it's, it's almost, to me, almost silly to think that a fish could see it underwater. Now, could, and I know where Todd's going with this, so I'm setting him up. Could a fish feel the leader underwater? Not like with their fins, but with their lateral lines. Yeah, I believe they can. 
Now, I guess this is an aspect that I, I don't really ever see anyone talking about it. Could you have a leader that puts off a vibration just from, you know, you know whatever, that would actually increase your fish catching? I, I feel you can with wire. So you're saying there might be a market for a smart leader out there that if you could scientifically prove <laughs> it puts off a vibration. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we we did this a long time ago in a podcast, a little bit talked about this. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've played with this stuff, you know, trolling every day. I use the fluoros. I use this. The one thing, you know, when you hear about when I first went to Lake St. Clair years ago, you would hear the charter captains talking. Everyone was on the radio. It was like, yeah, we went, you know, 10 for 12, and we had three bite-offs. And I remember us sitting there, like, oh, my God, what is a bite-off? Yeah, what? They're biting their leaders off because <laughs> they were they were using, you know, mono back then. There was no fluorocarbon. But they were using mono because it, people were afraid of the people, the, the, the fish seeing it in the clear water. I was like, the day I get a bite off is the day I'm done with that leader. <laughs> you know, I, do, I don't ever want to have a bite off. But, I, you know, since then, I played a lot with it. I just don't think it, I, I to me, it doesn't make a difference. Now, the controversy, I don't know what, uh, you know, controversy comes in. I've heard them talking about this, this, this one will wrap up in the fish and, and uh, cause more damage or this and that, but... Uh, I've, 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 I've used both. We've, we've all used both. I've been on trips to Lake St. Clair when I was like, okay, I'm just going to use my leader. Most other guys just used their leader. It was a fluorocarbon or anything. And you know, it was, if I thought my leader was making a big difference, I would have changed it. Yeah. Now by both Todd, you're referring to a seven strand coated wire and a fluorocarbon. Yeah. Okay. I just and want a fluorocarbon. Yeah. So everyone understands. Yeah. 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 No. And like I said, I'm not saying that there maybe maybe you feel that there's a time and, you know, and at the same time, people are like, oh, they're they're only hitting the boards today. They're afraid of the boat. Well, you know, there was a lot of those days we caught our biggest fish off the boat. Uh, I don't know. I just uh, it comes back to that stuff we've talked about before. Those fish get so keyed in if they want to grab it. They can't miss it. They, they can't not get it if they want it. And uh, I think the last thing they're looking at look Look at the colors, look at the shapes, look at the size of the baits we're using. You know, you're catching them on these crazy oddball colors. There's hooks hanging all off them. I think the leader is the least. I mean, having a strong leader is the most important part. That has been the weakest point when people come in my boat with these, you know, great setups, great casting rod, great disc. They couldn't find a good leader. Uh some people are afraid of the snaps, so they just tie not tie direct. I know guys that just split ring all their lures, but uh, yeah, snaps fail. I've had snaps fail. Am I going to bogart and get rid of my snaps that I've been using because I had one break one time? No. You know, one out of five, six hundred. Okay, it's going to happen. It's a failure. But uh, you know, the leaders. It's all up to you, what, we, what you're confident in. Vance won't run fluorocarbon, I can tell you that. Nope. I even offered <laughs> it to him, and he dodged it. Yeah, yeah. He was like, yeah. I don't have any leaders. I'm like, I got three sitting right here. I'll call Todd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. 
Yeah. Yeah, I like the. And I, I, I do. I do use them. I mean, I have them on some of my rigs. I don't know that. I mean, I feel that I get. I, to be honest, I feel I get more hits on the wire than I do on the fluorocarbon. That's that's where we fish. Some of that's including Lake St. Clair. But uh, yeah, I like the I like the wire leader. I, I like the sturdiness of it. They get nicked up and stuff. I, you know, that's something you have to watch with flora. Yeah, I, you know, I guess let's let's break down the the varieties of leaders. Let's start with I'm gonna you know go out and let's just pick uh, solid wire. I've said in, in previous podcasts that I used to use a solid wire. Mm-hmm. I tied it up myself. I used it on my gliders. I put that little itty bitty baby slip bobber on it, and I thought it worked fantastic. And it was, I guess I'm going to hold off on saying what I'm going to say. It worked well for the the bait, and I was going off of what other people had told me. You have to use this leader for this style bait, mm-hmm. and I guess I, I don't want to say I bought into it, but I used it. It worked. So that's what you have to do. There was nothing mm-hmm. saying that it wouldn't work. You know, so there's no reason to say, no, don't go else. Got to use this. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the problem and with me with this, the solid wire leader was it got bent. There was no yeah. making it straight again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can straighten it, but it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long do I mean, when it does get tangled up in your hooks and you think it's a fish, you set the hook, it comes back in the shape of a seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. So then you straighten it, and then you keep doing it. And then it eventually you're like, oh, I just got to put a new one on. Mm-hmm. Well, an advantage of having that solid wire was there ain't no tooth in the world that's going to cut it. Mm-hmm. No. And very easy. Yes. There was a time that we just had, you know, I mean, I, I had a, I had, I had it in the boat. You want to tie a new one, you just grab it, you take pliers, put it on there, flip it around, boop, boop, boop. you just tied up a new leader. Quick, easy, but man, we replaced him a lot. I also think that on certain style baits, it would in, in, inhibit the action. Oh, on, for sure. On certain for sure. style. Mm-hmm. To me, like, what comes to mind would be maybe a small crankbait that might be leader sensitive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just because there is no wiggle with it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and it also i'm you know i don't know about the weight or anything like that but you know what i was using for on gliders it was slow and i was popping the action to it so if i felt that it wasn't getting a good pop i'd pop it harder Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so to me i mean that that's the advantage disadvantage i use them for many years I am not going back to them. And I'm not saying that anyone that's using them is no. you know, missing the boat. I just felt that, and what I stopped myself saying was earlier, was to the effect of I found that I could do the same job with a different leader. And the way I've evolved my fishing, I don't have a place anymore for solid wire. Yeah. No. It's just, I, and, and the same thing, the same thing as you. I mean, I remember as time went on, I'd already been fishing for all these years. They're like, this is what you got to use for a jerkbait. You have to use a solid wire. That's how I got into trying them. Mm-hmm. And not long afterwards, like, why? Why? <laughs> why am I doing that? 
yeah. the seven, the the the, the tie up, the uh, you know the way it, like you said, it gets kinked on the hook or something and comes back in a seven. I'm trying to straighten it. And I was like, I don't know why you want this. To be honest, I hate them. Uh, <laughs> there's absolutely no, you know, it's just, I mean, I, I, I don't see any advantage by doing that. Because you have to, you have to work with them too much. And mm-hmm. I used to use wire and tie them up and all that stuff. And I would all constantly be dealing with those sevens pretty much after any fish. And I would, I would <clears throat> try and straighten them with pliers, my thumbs that would, they would slip up all over the place. I would make a, yeah. you know, it, it it just wouldn't work. So you'd you'd be messing around with those for way too long. With the leaders now, you know you can go from fish to fish with them. Mm-hmm. All right. So then I guess the next one in the progression would be, um, well, I should have started out with this one: the no leader, the people mm-hmm. who don't believe in them, mm-hmm. or the people that just you know. I fished with no leader before. There's been times that I brought only the leader that was on the pole i've snagged up and i said i literally just started fishing i am going leaderless mm-hmm. and i felt that i was fishing naked yeah and mm-hmm. you know I, but, I go ahead but you could probably land 99.9 percent of your fish yeah and i guess it limping that later yeah with limping through it you know not to just horse them in mm-hmm to, to cause that, to me, it's just a... How, how many fish have that bait to the point where their teeth are touching the leader? A lot of times it happens on the strike. Those fish often head strike, and you get a little little nick or something. That's where you're going to miss that fish. But Do not... I know a lot of people that fish without leaders. Would you say that you've ever had a bite off? Me? Mm-hmm. Never. I... Not through the leader. I've never had a bite off. When I'm I've, thinking I've, about this, like, I've I, had line failures I've that I can line, only attribute. That, that, so yeah. I've, I, I hooked into a fish and I came back. I was young. It wasn't a duck. Mm-mm, it okay. was not a duck. It, it, I, <laughs> I, I tied a little shad wrap on on you know some six pound test, and I was like, oh man, that fish was on there, and I, I you know it got off, and I was reeling it in, and I looked at the line, and I was like, it it bit off, and. Um, but I looked at the end of the line, and it was just all, like, corkscrewed and stuff. It was mm-hmm. a failure. In, it, the, the knot slipped. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Yeah, I, I've never came back with a half a liter. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I've had bite-offs when I was, like, walleye fishing and perch fishing. Mm-hmm. But I was using 6, 8, or 10-pound mono when a muskie grabbed it. But that's different. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, as far as when I've been muskie fishing, no. No. Um, I would say this. If you were going to go leaderless, do not use a swim bait. Todd's, yeah. Todd's big fish, and, you know, we talked about it last podcast. It, it The fish wasn't really even hooked. It mm-hmm. had, the only thing sticking out was leader. I have pictures. In fact, it's like the podcast picture. That fish sucked that swimmer down in, and yep. leader was touching teeth. Mm-hmm. And that's happened many times when I'm using them. They take them with those, those baits those deep. Swim baits, yeah. Um, but, but, you know, and I see many times on forums, like just general fishing forums, people talking, oh, I lost a pike or a muskie here. I'm going to try to target them next week. What leaders do you recommend? And I see 
in my opinion, so much bad advice getting thrown around. Just awful bad advice on leaders, you know. And and I don't. I, I think the people are genuine in what they're saying, but I, I mm-hmm. from a step from a little bit more knowledgeable standpoint, at least in my opinion, I, I just like I said, I think it's it's horrendous advice. <laughs> and and one of them being, oh, just take some twenty pound spider wire power pro whatever and use that and i've walked up on people that have that and i've explained to them that that is probably worse than the mono that you're using mm-hmm. yeah just tie it on <laughs> just tie yeah. it to your mono yeah and and the one guy's you know i think he said something to me one time he's like yeah i've had three bite offs today with my my leader and i'm like well what are you using and he had this spool of whatever 15 20 pound braid and I'm like, well, because that's awful, and you are, <laughs> yeah. you are letting the fish, you're hooking a four-inch bluegill, sinking it on the bottom, and letting the fish swallow it, and then you're fighting them in. Yeah. And it's breaking through because that's why. It's going to break through. Yeah. It's going to break through. I don't need yeah. to explain any further to anyone yeah. that's listening to this podcast what's happening after that description. So to me, using braid direct you know, even if you have mono as a main line and, and like braid as a leader, that's not a leader. Mm-hmm. That, that's, you might think it's a leader. It is different line, mm-hmm. but it is not a leader. <laughs> and like I said, I think it can be done, especially with the heavier braids, but I would not recommend it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I felt like I was fishing naked. Yeah. Okay. So that's any other talk about the no leader? I think that's good. Okay. Then we're going to go to mono leaders, hard mono. Heavy Berkeley big game stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding of mono, and I haven't dug super into it, but like the difference in mono and fluorocarbon. I mean, other than like the the actual difference in in the material is mono was is essentially a single cylinder of this material. It's an extrusion. And fluorocarbon is like many strands of it. Let's just say something along the lines of a braid or a cable. If you could think of a cable with a lot of strands. I don't think it's necessarily woven, but it has a cross-section. There's a whole bunch of little things, mm-hmm. and I don't know how, how it's made. But that's what I was I, I almost was told or read or something many years ago. And that's why fluorocarbon was touted to be more abrasion-resistant and that with mono, you get a nick in mono, the whole thing is compromised. You get a nick in fluorocarbon, though only that area is compromised. It's not like it can continue to rip. Mm-hmm. Like but that. a nick, two two strands out of whatever. A hundred, maybe. Yeah. If yeah. you could think of it of like a tree mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of little tubes going yep. up and down. Yep. That's my, dis- I could be completely wrong on that. But that's how I remember it was being touted why it's better. But with mono... You know, it's, I, I, I would almost say, except for what I just said, I don't see any major significant difference. A heavy pound mono is just as tough to tie as fluorocarbon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It looks roughly the same. It's substantially cheaper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it's probably, based off the scientific results, more prone to failure. Oh, yeah. Now, when, and I, I, I'll put this even... I'll bring this back up again when we talk fluorocarbon. If you bring a fish in with a mono leader and there's a nick in it, 
are you not going to replace that leader? Yeah, you probably should. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, the difference between mono and fluorocarbon is that as long as that fish doesn't get a really hard nick in it right from the get-go, if you get that fish in, you're going to replace that leader, whether it's mono or fluorocarbon. Mm-hmm. I've never used a mono leader. Todd, have you? No. No, I, I have no idea why anyone would ever use a mono leader. Yeah. For that reason, one little nick, everything's ruined. Yeah. Right. So I guess let's just jump right into fluorocarbon since it's so close. I've had fluorocarbon leaders that have cuts in them bringing in a fish that was probably 70% cut through. Mm-hmm. And I still landed the fish. And guess what I did? Change the leader. Absolutely the leader. not. Yeah. Just like my hooks. I just kept fishing. <laughs> did you really? No. I changed the leader. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, man. And that kind of leads me into this next point where when I see or read or just hear people talking about the different pound fluorocarbon they use, mm-hmm. it's not indestructible. I don't care if you're running 60 pound, 80, 100, 120, 130, all the way up to some ridiculous 200s. In my opinion, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and this is, I'm going to explain why I feel that way. For muskies. For muskies. Mm-hmm. Um, like I had just said, if you get a nick in a 150 pound liter and you get a nick in an 80 pound liter, are you not going to change the liter anyway? Yeah. And I use, I run 100 pound and I've said I've been cut, you know, probably 70% through. I still got the fish in. I didn't know it was nicked. I fought the fish like normal and let it go. Could you have a bite off with 80? Anything's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, could you have a bite off with 150? Sure. Anything's possible. So at that point, knowing that it's not indestructible, I tend to try to match my equipment. I don't want a hundred pound leader with a 250 pound snap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the snaps part of the leader. Yeah. So to me, and this is what it comes back to was, I might've told this story. I was demoing some baits at the, uh, Chicago yep. show and I had a rod and reel from Thorn brothers. They had stuff there. They, they allowed me to use it in the pool to demo, uh, you know, potential, you know, wholesale deal with this guy and the baits were not working. And I looked, I'm like, who in their right mind would use this heavy of a leader? Yeah. It destroyed yeah. the action. Yeah. Yeah. I could still make it work, but I'm like, this isn't silky smooth gliding that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. It messes with stuff. You, mm-hmm. What's the point of having a 200 pound leader? And you're having 80-pound mainline mm-hmm. on a drag that might be 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Are you casting I, I, through reeds of razor blades? <laughs> Is that mm-hmm. what the... <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I've seen that same thing. Like, God, you know, guys get on the boat with a big leader that's a 200-pound fluorocarbon or something. And you're right. That dead, You talk about deadening your action. To me, that really deadens the action. It's a rope coming mm-hmm. off there, and you, is it? It's not necessary. The giant snap, huge snaps. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. where it doesn't matter, bucktails, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, 
Yeah, you, you cast them out, you reel them in. If it has a big giant snap, it probably's not out of place because it has giant blades right behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I guess I can see it in that aspect. That like, well, yeah, this happens. Okay, I guess you, you got a reason why you could want to use that. Um, I still wouldn't up my leader uh, just for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen the guys using that big heavy stuff with the with the crankbaits, however, and it's like killing it. Yeah, yeah. There are some baits that just it won't it won't hinder the action. You got like a bulldog style bait. Yes, leader doesn't matter. Bulldog jerk bait. Inline spinners doesn't matter. Yeah. Safety pin spinners yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, how about you throw that on a four inch Wiley and see what happens? Mm-hmm. I fished with someone a couple of years ago in St. Clair, and you couldn't get the you know the baits weren't run. We were running a lot of small baits. We went in the spring, and uh, you know just a giant snap on this giant fluorocarbon leader, and I was like, man, I think that's what's hurting this, you know. <laughs> It's not working right. <laughs> the baits aren't working very well. Mm-hmm. So much weight, and but but it was fluorocarbon. You know, fish oh, couldn't see that. Supposedly. See supposedly. But yeah, like I don't know. I guess three giant treble hooks hanging off the bottom are less visible than. <laughs> yes, exactly. Your line. Yep. Or anything. I like use that. eighty. My my floors are eighty pound. They're. I mean. I use them. No bite offs. No bite offs yet. You make Any, me anything sick. can happen. Yeah, <laughs> anything can happen. Yeah, anything can happen. But there's been a lot of fish caught on them. You know, uh, my snap has failed before. Not on a fish, but you know, my snaps failed during casting. But that's a snap. They wear off. That's a piece of metal. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, like I said earlier, was I concerned? No. It's like, yeah, that snap failed. So, takes us into takes us into what Todd and Vance like to use, and that is this coated seven strand mm-hmm. wire. Very outdated now. Nobody uses it. You can't catch fish on that anymore. Mm-mm. No, they're they're used to it. I love yeah. the durability of them. Like I said, that the less monkeying around I have to do on that boat with with, with that it, those. Those leaders last from fish to fish, you know. I, I change a lot less. I feel I, I would change a lot less than using something than using something else. Yeah. Now, now, Todd, didn't you say that you the because you know as long as I've fished, you know, where I've been in contact with Todd, um, he's always used his seven strand, his coated wire, and I've used my mm-hmm. fluorocarbons. Didn't you say that the the coated wire get kinked up and you replace them more often than fluorocarbons if they don't get nicked? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do replace them more often. Yeah. On, on on my trolling setups where I'm running the fluoro and I'm running those, I, I, I replace the wire ones more often, no doubt. I yeah. guess I would replace but them once more again, often not, that's all I'm using. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but once again, you know, when I see some, when, when I feel that wire... And I feel some nicks in it. There's a little nick in the plastic, which probably has... Which is the coating. N- next to zero strength. Mm-hmm. There's a seven-strand wire inside there. But when I feel that, and you know, I just I, I, I put a new one on. 
I feel like if I would get a nick in any of that other clear stuff, I would be crazy about it. I know I would. And I, I can't. Can, I cannot. I cannot cast with the. Uh, I just feel like I'm. The floor. I don't know. Yeah, I cannot cast with those. Yeah, I don't like it either. I mean, I could leave that, that seven strand on there. I, I, I let them get beat up. If they're too beat up, I, I feel like what's going to fail first is my snap. Oh, with, without it, I'm just, you know. the reason I brought that up was not to be like, yeah. Vance, you're wrong. It's just to, yeah. to, to, to show the strength and weaknesses of that. Even with mm -hmm. the seven strand, you can get it kinked and it's all wired up, bent up, coat hanger-like. and Still wire. It's still wire. It's not like it's, <laughs> it's compromised. Easier, yeah. easier to bend yeah. up than just one single. It, yeah, it takes it takes a still memory weird. to a bend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, now, Todd, you don't really tie a knot on those. Well, no, I do. Thing. I do the. Uh, I do a twist. You know, I have that little tool. Is that I like? A, a, is that like a haywire or something that they call that? I don't even know what it's called. You put it. I have this little tool. You put it in there, flop it over, and twist that thing up. And we had Vance and I were at a show in Kentucky last year, and uh, I was talking to somebody else about something. You remember this, Vance? When that guy said, "That won't." That won't work. Oh yeah, I, I remember that. That that thing will. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. I was like, you can't do that. And he's like, you can't do that. That'll just come untwisted. I was like, <laughs> we've been doing this for forty years. <laughs> <laughs> I never had one to twist. And then then you get into the crimping, because I've had people say, you know, your you know the crimps are more crimps are more uh, are stronger than the twist on the wire. And uh, we did it. I mean, we, we, we hooked it up to the machines. Go ahead and try it and see which one's stronger. I guess, you know, we, we can go into the, the methods now. Yeah. We, we hit on the methods. Uh, we, we weren't even going to go there, but it, you, you, we, we brought up that point. What, you know. At what point is it secured good enough? Mm -hmm. You know, because... Mm -hmm. I remember buying $10 fluorocarbon leaders that are just looped through and one mm -hmm. crimp. Boom, mm -hmm. boom. One crimp, yep. And then... If you like, if you like it, go for it, but... <laughs> that makes me very nervous. <laughs> it makes me very nervous, too. That crimp, if it's not crimped right, you can pinch that wire, you can cut it right off. I mean, you're taking that thing and crimping it down. they got to be sitting seated perfectly, where when you crimp it, you're going to take some of that strength value out of there you have to i mean I, I i know some people say well if you hit it just right this not i don't care mm -hmm. i think that the the material is going to be strongest not compressed and squished yes because yep. there's going to be a stress point there so at that point you are lowering the the, the poundage of mm -hmm. that um does it matter no because you're still using yeah. lighter pound line that has been through the eyelets a zillion times, and you still have a drag that's at least 25% of the total poundage of the main line. Yeah, yep. So <clears throat> with that, I like knots. And I, then, the, then the, at least I'm talking from my fluorocarbon standpoint. Then it goes down to do you cinch the knot or do you not cinch the knot? And my my thing is I don't cinch the knot. I like having it the the snap loosey goosey, as compared to cinching it down. I think you get better bait movement, but 
Much better. You come right back to that bait action. Absolutely, you get better bait action. Yeah, because now you don't have that little rigid yeah. point. But mm-hmm. I, I guess what the the point that I like is the the snaps that we use. What are those? Just cross locks. Yeah. Um, you can easily change out your snaps because the snap can is wiggling free. It has its own little spot. You can unsnap mm-hmm. the thing and you know you go on your merry way. You got a new snap. The the counter argument to that would be is people said that if that can wiggle, you are then wearing into your line, mm-hmm. your fluorocarbon, causing a weak spot that could eventually break. I can't disagree, mm-hmm. but then again, how long and how much wear is it really? Yeah, uh, you're probably going to be replacing that leader before that happens. I. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's what I look at a lot of time. My trolling leaders, my seven strand that I have wired, that I've wound around, you know, that a lot of times that's when I replace, I look, I see it's wore through the plastic hasn't worked through the wire, but when it, you know, when I see that's wore through that little rubber coating, that's when it's like time to replace that leader. Mm-hmm. And it does happen. I think I, uh, I cleaned up probably 30 liters out of my boat today. Laying all over the place, found them in corners, and Disgusting. they were all they were all that that style that Todd is describing. The seven strand, mm-hmm. nice. They all looked like that. So then let let's go to the snap now. I mean, obviously there's many styles of snap, but I'm a snap kind of guy. I don't really want to mess around with split rings, you know. And I I. Mm-hmm. Some people like split rings. They may have had a snap fail or whatever, but I don't know. To me, there's a lot of monkeying around with a split ring. Yeah. Is it a better is it is is it a better anchor? Absolutely. Not very many split rings break out there. Mm-mm. But I like to change baits. Yeah, they're convenient for hook changing, but I also like to take my baits off at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't I don't want to have to carry a pair of pliers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should I decide to change? Um, let's go up to swivels. Would you pay extra for a premium ball bearing swivel on a leader, Todd? Absolutely not. Why? Vance, would you? I don't. I don't like paying for anything. Okay, so Vance likes the freebies. Okay, um, <laughs> Todd, why would you not pay for a premium ball bearing swivel? At what time is my bait spinning around like that? Mm-hmm. When you don't have a tuned crankbait, <laughs> yeah, <basically>, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the bait is is never going to spin on that swivel. And I've always to me, found it's wasted money. Even like with inline spinners and stuff for walleye, it doesn't seem to matter. That ball bearing no, it does still not twist your line to the to the tune of like forty thousand, yeah. and you reel yeah. it in, and it just goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You might yeah. as well just cut the line off. <laughs> I mean, they're 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 better. They they're smoother. They're this that. But you know, the, those leaders we've been making for all those years. You know, just like Andy said, you got to match it all up. I mean, I got 150 pound swivel. I got 150 pound snap. I got a 120 pound wire, and I got 50 pound line. Where's my where, where's my weak pot? I, I still got, uh, you know, things to play with there. <laughs> right. You know, uh, you know, if the uh, if the wire gets a little bit weak, I'm still st- I'm still ahead of my weakest link, which is the knot that's tied to your leader. Which is not just tied to my leader or my line or whatever. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I guess I, I, I skipped some of this, the, the fastening of the hardware to it. Um, you got the not cinch, not cinch. Then you got the crimp. I run a combination of a knot with a crimp, and the crimp is more or less to hold the tang end of the line. Does it offer any support? Maybe. But I my knots don't seem to move around that much to where I'm relying on that crimp mm-hmm. to hold it. Then you got the people that will super glue the knot. Wow. Mm-hmm. You will super glue the knot and crimp, and sometimes you will even super glue the knot, crimp, and melt Mm-hmm. The tang end, so it doesn't slide through the crimp. Yeah, that's a lot of work to do, and you have to change. Talking it. And, a nick in it. and a lot of money. I mean, to me, I, I I see them out there. I see those. I see those leaders ball ball bearing. Two hundred pound fluoro snap on there. You know, fourteen dollars for a liter or something. I will say this. I think it's the most overspent. It's it it you know, and it's the most to me. That's the most deadening thing you can do to your baits. I'm not talking like as we said. We're not talking. I'm not talking about throwing a bucktail or throwing a because it doesn't matter. It's it's going to be just coming right in or a big jerk bait or a big uh, rubber. You know, rubber bait. Yeah, but I'm talking about fishing with crankbaits. Fi- just fishing in general. Gliders and way over way over yeah i will go out and say this it sure makes you feel good when you know that you have the high-end ball bearing the big name brand fluoro that is knotted glued crimped and melted Mm-hmm. It sure makes you feel good, <laughs> knowing that it's like all those levels of precaution. Mm-hmm. But like we said, not a couple minutes ago, the knot from your main line to that ball bearing swivel yeah. is the absolute weakest it's, point. It's <laughs> gonna be it's it's the knot no matter what you tie it to. Yeah, and yeah. you know, uh, so more or less, I can sympathize and and like appreciate all of those high end things. Mm-hmm. But the, I want to say that I can't justify in my mind to go all those extra steps when my stupid, I, I think it's called a cable knot that I tie with my little silly crimp to hold that from catching all the weeds, my little tag end, 100 pound that, you know, I guess it shouldn't work for muskies. Some yeah. people will go out and say that it's it's not good enough. You know, I, I don't know if I lost a fish on it. I probably would not change because I've had too many years of fishing with them and not had, you know, a terrible failure. Mm-hmm. Now, if I would have lost like my third fish with it and then like my 10th fish with it, I would have dumped it immediately. Mm-hmm. But I might have just gotten lucky. I think you're doing good. So that's more or less what i do i mean like i said if if anyone out there that's that is a touchy subject you know calling out people's leaders and their reasoning um if it works for you great i'm not sitting here saying that you have to have it one way or the other but i just think that there's some things to do some consideration on if it doesn't need to be that heavy duty then why make it Mm -hmm. they're muskies yeah so Todd, you got anything to wrap up with? No. 
They're muskies. They're not great white sharks. Mm-hmm. It is not that. Most of the time, but if they get wrapped up in your leader, they're wrapped up in the line. And, you know, the failures I've had were beyond the leader. I've had a few fish get off over the years. They, you know, barrel rolled and got the line wrapped around them. But, um, you know, I can't fish with a eight-foot leader. Not efficiently. Not efficiently, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you get your... You know, the line gets wrapped around the lures and the hooks and the face. And, yeah, I've had a couple fish get away like that over the years. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with my leader. Perfect. I, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up with something I just remembered. When I started talking about the solid wire and the gliders and why mm-hmm. I went away from them, I was told that you, at the time, it was preached a lot that don't use a fluorocarbon leader with gliders. Mm-hmm. And when no one was, when when no one was looking, I tried it, <laughs> <laughs> and it worked the same for me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's why I said I I'm going to try things. And here's Andy's advice for the week: If someone says you can't do something, and you feel like you, maybe you want to try it, if it comes to fishing, why don't you try it and see for try yourself? <laughs> because. Yeah. While no one's looking. Yeah, you got to do it when no one's looking. And then once you're like, yeah, this works, then you can, you know, maybe keep it in the closet for a while because you don't want to be <laughs> getting all the hate. Yeah. But, yeah, more or less, I tried it. I liked it. And what, what that did for me was it took a whole nother rod out of the boat. And now I'm yeah. fishing with one rod that has one leader, and I use it for every kind of fishing there is, every style of muskie fishing. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the big thing for me was not stepping on another rod in my fourteen foot boat mm-hmm. with a six inch jack plate, a forty horse, <laughs> and a four horse kicker, and some zip ties and a multi tool. That saved my butt. Yeah, very good. All right, okay, I wrap that up. Let's uh, let's have everyone go to boshad dot com and get your nice spring slash musky opener supply of boss shads also go to mark's bait tackle and ammo they have a facebook page they have a website they have an online store that's been up for a while now they have a lot of in stock boss shads you can also go to fatty musky products that's another sponsor mm-hmm. uh fatty and on facebook instagram muddy creek fishing guides mcfishingguides.com that's todd and vance and uh, if you're in the area, you can go uh, fishing with them should they have an opening. St. Croix Rods, best on earth. I'm sure you've heard of them, especially out in the Midwest. And Chautauqua Lake Showdown on June 10th. Get a hold of Zach Baker and get in on that tournament fun. Perfect. I think that... Oh, go to Team Rhino. They also have a bunch of AZ stuff. And that's probably going to be your best shot right now if you want a Raptor quick. Go to Team Rhino Outdoors. They have a Facebook page. They got tons and tons of people that like it. So tell them we sent you. Other than that, uh, good luck fishing.